GoneMobile.io. It's Gone Mobile. Telerik UI for Xamarin is a collection of more than 70 Xamarin forms and Xamarin wrappers. A theming mechanism with a built-in predefined theme, predefined Visual Studio item templates, MVVM support, and more. The toolset offers fast-loading, excellent drawing capabilities, pixel perfection, and stunning UI, all while providing flexible customization. One C-sharp project, three native mobile apps. Release your inner .NET Ninja and create awesome cross-platform mobile apps with Telerik UI for Xamarin. For more information or to download a trial, visit Telerik.com slash Xamarin dash Gone Mobile. Welcome back to another episode of Gone Mobile. Uh, it's It's been a little while, John. How you doing? I'm good. It seems like, you know, we always say that life keeps getting busier and that hopefully it won't be as busy sooner, but that never seems to be the case. Yeah. And somehow I'm still naive enough to think that this time is going to be different, I guess. <laughs> That's right. Uh, things have been good over there, though? Yeah, I've got uh, some exciting things coming sooner than later, but uh, still can't quite talk about them yet. Uh, but I'm also doing some some interesting uh, little microcontroller work. We should we should do an episode on it. Yeah, yeah, I saw the the video you sent along. It looks like you got some some pretty cool IoT stuff going on there. So I think yeah, we're we're got, due to revisit automate that. Automate all the things, right? Yeah, automate everything. Exactly. Uh, I guess you know, keeping with the theme of you know things that that take a you know really long time to to get in. I was. You know, in preparing for for this episode, I was looking back to see when when it was that we covered Couchbase originally on this show, um, and I could have sworn that there were multiple episodes, but clearly mm-hmm. I was delusional on that front as well. Um, and it looks like it's been like over five years. Um, it was episode ten when we originally covered Couchbase Lite back on the show with uh, with Zach and Wayne. Um, so so I think it. it it's been a little while. I, I suspect some things have changed. I'm amazed that we, you know, can say that five years ago there was an episode even. So, exactly. I know it was episode ten. It was right in the beginning. But, uh, but, but obviously we're we're way overdue for for a refresh here. So I'm um, definitely excited to to welcome Robert Hedgepeth to the show to to teach us all the the latest and greatest. How's it going? It's going well. Thanks for having me. Oh, excited to have you on. I know we had some scheduling missteps and, you know, all the usual life getting in the way type stuff. Um, yeah. But but it's been five years. So, you know, we've got uh, we've got some catching up to do. <laughs> yeah, a couple couple things have changed for sure, both on the, the Xamarin side and on the Couchbase side. Yeah. So I, you know, before we even dig in, I, I know that this was sort of spurred by uh, some of the recent announcements that uh, that you guys are making over at Couchbase on the, the new stuff in, in 2.5, I think it was. Um, but given that it's been, uh, you know, five, five and a half years since we even talked about Couchbase on the show, um, you know, can, can you start and give a, a bit of an overview of, of what Couchbase is and, and particularly what Couchbase Mobile is? Sure. Yeah, I know. And I think I think you bring up, you know, a good distinction is that, you know, Couchbase is primarily made up of, you know, there's three main parts. Um, there's the server end, Couchbase server, which I think is, you know, pretty much considered the bread and butter of Couchbase. Um, it's a NoSQL, distributed NoSQL database. They've got both a document uh, and, a new, and a key value solution on the server side. Um, and then there's that Couchbase mobile side that you mentioned, um, which is primarily, you know, it's it's comprised of the Sync Gateway, um, which is a, just a synchronization mechanism essentially for taking, you know, data on the edge or mobile or IoT you could think of and pushing that into the server side. And then, of course, uh, you know, it wouldn't be a mobile solution if there wasn't an embedded database solution, which is the Couchbase Lite solution uh, on, you know, mobile and IoT devices on, on that side. 
So before we jump into like the the mobile side of it, I'm I'm kind of curious like the the server side of it is this like your own complete offering? Is this built on some other database technology? Like what's what's the server look like? Yeah, so the server is it's it's written in you know a combination of Go, Erlang, uh, C plus plus C, um, and it is a completely self-contained solution. Um, it is uh, again a NoSQL. Uh, you know, document-based primarily is what people use it for. There is a, a key value solution as well. Um, and inside of there, there's, you know, there's several different, we call them services, essentially, that allow you to do, you know, querying. Um, you can do analytics. We've got kind of a long-term analytics or querying solution as well. Uh, but it provides a lot of the same uh, functional func functions and features that you would expect for a NoSQL database where, you know, you get the the replication among, you know, different nodes that may sit into a cluster um, where you, you kind of get that scalability that NoSQL is known for, um, as well as, you know, it being a both key value and document-based solution, you get that flexibility from, um, you know, I guess schema-less or loosely schemed uh, types of data. So what's this look like on the hosting side? Do you, I mean, this is obviously something that you could host yourself, right? Yep. Um, what's, what does your cloud offering look like? Yeah, no, that's a great question. You know, there's there's built-in integrations with all the major cloud providers. So, you know, Azure to Google um, to AWS, you can essentially, you know, you've got, got that, you know, that one-click type of solution where you can essentially deploy something. Um, but you can also bring it all the way onto your local machine um, just as easily as doing it, you know, manually or more animal style if you want to use the CLI to bring something in to install it. Um, or you, you can use what the kids have been using for a couple of years like Docker um, and be able to do it that way. Um, and then we've got full integrations um, with Kubernetes and, you know, even with uh, OpenShift and some operators and some things that make it a lot easier from an automated standpoint um, to be able to, to regulate that stuff, uh, you know, wherever you decide to distribute that, whether it be on-prem, um, you know, locally or in the cloud. Cool. So you mentioned, um, you know, there's the server-side component and, uh, you know, all the, the stuff that you were just talking about there. I, th there's the, you know, the components that run, I guess, locally on, on devices, um, you know, for, for mobile apps. You mentioned uh, Sync Gateway, um, you know, I think in, in passing there as well. Um, can you give, a, I guess, a little bit of an overview of like what some of those pieces really look like and, and how it comes into play when you want to start leveraging these in mobile apps? Yeah, so I think the biggest or, you know, the easiest place to start really would be from that that Couchbase light side where you have the embedded database. So you've got an embedded database um, that actually exists on, you know, whether it's a mobile device or some kind of IoT device, um, and it's going to store uh, the, you know, the, the data locally and self-contained. So you don't necessarily need, uh, you know, a server piece or, is, you know, what we'll get into that sync gateway piece. You can completely self-contain and embed it on that device. Um, and then there's the, you know, the sync gateways piece, which you just mentioned, um, which is essentially, it, if you've done kind of a syncing me mechanism before, you can think of, you know, the easiest scenario is maybe offline sync. Um, you, go, you go offline, you're able to store something onto a database, uh, on the mobile, we'll say mobile device. Um, and then whenever you come back on, you know, obviously you want to be able to, you know, maybe you want to pull data down um, and be able to get that synchronized or you want to push data up or maybe you want to do both. Um, Sync Gateway is really that piece that kind of sits outside of or really in between uh, what would be Couchbase Server um, and Couchbase Lite on the edge. Um, and allows you to be able to do that. Whether you want to push data, pull data, uh, a combination of the two, um, it allows you to, you know, set, you know, different different authorization roles. So if you want to maybe restrict, you know, the, the types of data that you're getting down for a particular user um, based on their role, you
you can do that. Um, it's pretty configurable, um, and it's uh, it's probably one of the larger pieces on the on the Couchbase mobile side. I, I think John, you mentioned it is that you know on the on the mobile side from a, a database, it's it's pretty easy, right? I mean, you're storing data in there, you're you're getting data out, and there's some pieces you know with security and stuff that you can obviously add onto that. Uh, but ultimately, it's about getting your data up someplace, and that in between with Sync Gateway is 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 really the meat um, of the full stack Couchbase solution uh, because it's something that I mean we, we've we've been probably all developing mobile apps for quite a while. Um, and even if you haven't, um, you'll run into it pretty early where you know having to deal with offline modes um, or even intermittent you know network connections um, can be a real pain in the butt. Um, and having, you know, and then starting to look in having to write those sync, sync solutions yourself um, can come with all kinds of questions, you know, from authentication, authorization, um, you know, what do I do in, in a situation where maybe I haven't lost network connectivity, uh, but I've, you know, I've gotten slower network connectivity. And so, you know, the combination of Sync Gateway and Couchbase Lite, it'll help throttle that, you know, so that you don't, you know, you're not necessarily, you know, chugging as hard as you can to pull something down when maybe your connection is slowed quite a bit. Um, and so, yeah, so that's kind of that, that uh, couch based light sync gateway combination. So I, I know, you know, I've got an app that I started very early on with. Um, I won't say the name of the technology that I started with, <laughs> um, but you know, I, I basically uh, offline mode was something I wanted to do and it was, it's a tricky thing to solve. So I'm kind of interested to dig in a little bit more too on, on how you guys deal with, um, you know, as a developer, I kind of want to make something as easy as I can. Um, I don't want to have to put a lot of work into it for getting my data up there. But obviously, uh, you know, dealing with conflicts and everything is is a difficult problem. I'm, I'm really curious to see what you guys kind of do to to kind of make uh, I make that world a, a easier place to develop in. You know, if, if it's is there an easy way to get started, and how do you kind of progress as you get more complex rules and stuff with conflict? Uh, resolution. Yeah, no, and that, that's a great question. You know, and and we brought up, you know, it's been six years or so, and I think it was kind of in the early 1X versions the last time, you know, we had kind of represented Couchbase, you know, on your guys' show. And it's changed a lot. Um, you know, one of the things that has changed the most really would be Sync Gateway. Um, you know, from from Sync Gateway's internals, you know, it moved from using HTTP um, to more of a WebSocket-based approach, um, which has made it, you know, it's the throughputs, you know, it's larger throughput. You've got, you know, lower latency. Um, it's just faster all around, which makes it a lot easier. Now, from a setup standpoint on the development side, um, it's also much easier because with the 2X version, so a little bit of context is that 2.0 was actually released a little bit earlier last year in 2018. Okay. Um, and then and then 2.1 was released kind of the later part. And then 2.5 um, came in May this year. Um, but one of the biggest things in 2X or 2.0 uh, that came out was this idea of automatic con uh, conflict resolution, um, right. which will default essentially to kind of a last right wins, um, which we find works you know, in most situations, uh, but it's completely configurable, right? So you can you can actually listen to the results. So anytime you were to save or try to delete a document on the database, um, you're going to get a result, right? And if you have a conflict of some sort that couldn't be automatically resolved, um, then you can choose, you know, how I how I'd want to merge that. And there's a, you know there's a plethora of methodologies that you could use in order to be able to merge those. But from a strictly out of the box sense, um, it's very easy. So it, it comes with the default 
you know, conflict free essentially. So it won't save anything up to Couchbase server if it has a conflict at all. Um, so it, it, that's all handled on this on the Couchbase light side, um, and then it'll flow through uh, Couch, you know, Couchbase sync gateway, and then and then all the way up to Couchbase server uh, handling those conflicts for you. And a lot so, of that can be done in you know two or three lines of code. It's pretty easy. So you, like the the auto uh, resolution or the you know the automatic conflict resolution strategy, I guess. It, is that something then that you're dealing with? Like because you're doing, uh, you know, NoSQL basically loosely uh, schema documents. Like is is that something you can do in layers inside the document, or is it kind of a basically a just a oh this document was updated more recently, basically last update wins? Yeah, so it's a combination. So you know, it's so it uses actually something called the multi-version uh, concurrent control. Uh, mm -hmm. system to be able to do it. So essentially you're creating a vision, a revision tree. Um, and from that revision tree, then it, it, exactly that is that, you know, there, there may be particular parts um, of a document that may have been changed. And so it's using those revision, that revision documentation or revision history in order to be able to manage that stuff for you. And when you're defining the, what your like resolution strategies and, and all that, are you, are you able to define that and, you know, maybe even change that or evolve that at the, the server side, or does that have to, does that also involve say, like having to change the, the code and the applications themselves and then having to deploy updates there to, to change how any of that works and how the syncs work? Yeah. And so this is an, an area that may be a little bit more out of my depth and maybe somebody on the server side could answer it a little bit better. But to be honest, um, from what I've seen, I mean, a lot of that is actually because it's called conflict free was the biggest thing that was shipped with in 2.0. Um, a lot of it needs to be handled pre-sync gateway uh, because there needs to be a, an assurance there that by the time it gets to server um, that it needs to, you know, ha not have any of those conflicts. And so those would be, you know, those would be largely maintained um, or mostly or all maintained really on, on that light side or on the, the mobile side. That makes sense. Um, so, so I think that's that's a good overview of um, you know I think the the basics of the database and, and obviously you know anyone that, that's done any sort of connected application can can sort of see the the benefits of of things like you know sync gateway and you know uh, conflict resolution and not having to to actually write all the crazy code to to handle conflict resolution. Um, I'd be curious to to know are there any like sort of apps that you would point to as you know a, the particularly like categories of apps that are that Couchbase is especially well suited for, um, you know, any like good examples of, of really good use cases of Couchbase in, in mobile apps? Yeah, no, I think that's a great question. And I think that, you know, I mean, obviously there's a ton of different types of apps, applications out there. Um, you know, a large portion of the market that we're focused on. Um, and I think a lot, you know, you know, Microsoft and Xamarin have been very, um, very much the same in this is kind of going after enterprise types of applications. And a lot of times, you know, field service is usually the biggest example that you could probably serve up there. You've got, you know, you know, service workers of some sort that are just kind of, you know, again, out in the field, um, you know, whether it be in, you know, some kind of petroleum engineering or, you know, maybe they're working mechanically on, you know, elevators or something like that. Um, you know, a lot of times what you run into is that they need to be able to do, you know, quite a few things on the application that, you know, maybe with whatever systems that they're working with, uh, whether or not they have a network connection or not. And I would think those situations are best suited uh, for a couch-based type of application or couch-based application because, you know, you're getting obviously we've mentioned sync gateway and so that allows you to have that complete resiliency so you know pretty easily so you're able to create you know an application that you know whether you have intermittent network connectivity say you're out in the middle of nowhere 
I don't know, Louisiana or something like that, right? Or Missouri, where I'm from, where I can tell you there's plenty of places where you'll just drop connection. Um, and so, you know, being able to seamlessly then be able to, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, writing, you know, whatever I need to into the database locally. And then whenever I happen to come up um, from a network, you know, from a network perspective, then it can go ahead and ship that up to to server. Um, for, on a more specific case that I've worked with, I've worked with um, scouting applications in the past uh, for sports teams is a big one. Um, because, you know, there may be for baseball specifically, uh, a ton of different scouts, um, you know, that are at local high schools, local colleges, junior colleges, um, and, you know, they need to be able to everything from, you know, writing very simple text data to taking pictures um, to taking videos. Um, maybe you want to do some kind of voice to text um, or maybe you just want to do a voice recording. All of these would be very good situations because of that that network connectivity intermittency um, that, that you may run into um, make it where it works pretty well for Couchbase. Cool. And it occurs to me as you were talking through that, that I, all the examples that we've kind of talked through so far involve, you know, storing data on the device and eventually syncing that up to the server. Um, you know, uh, is there any ability to, to sort of reverse that equation and say, you know, use it to, to update some data on the, the server side and then when apps become connected, you know, push that down, you know, to all the different applications that are out there? Yep. Yeah. So, and that largely depends on, so you set up the replicator, which is the, the sync gateway uh, tie-in, right? So you'll set up some, some replication code on your client side that'll allow you to go ahead and, you know, register your application to receive, you know, pushes. And, and so then at that sense, you know, you'd be able to, when your, when your device comes online, or maybe you want to make a change from the server side, um, it's going to allow you to push those, you know, push that data down uh, to the devices distributed. And, and that applies to, you know, IoT devices as well. So it's not, you know, strictly limited um, to mobile. And, and granted, it may be less of a case from an IoT perspective that you'd want to push data down. But maybe if you had, um, you know, some kind of, you know, you have monitors in a mall of some sort that allow you to, you know, display different types of information. Um, and you wanted to push that information down to say for, you know, Black Friday event or something like that. You could certainly do that from, from the other end, what you're mentioning, and just push that information to, to the device on the edge. Awesome. Um, and then I know you mentioned, uh, you know, being able to have different auth layers in place in terms of, you know, communication between the device and the server. Um, you know, what's the security story look like on the, the device itself? Like, do, does Couchbase Lite itself support, you know, encryption and, and that sort of thing? Yeah, so that's a great question. So it, it, it supports encryption um, at rest. Um, so you get the transparent, you know, encryption that you would you would expect um, from from a database, um, and it, it's pretty easy to set up. So you would, you know, you have your your 256-bit AES encryption, um, and then your you know your SHA-2 key essentially that you would need to store. And so then that's something that you would need to maintain, of course, um, on your own side or on that application side. Uh, but then you're able to uh, to store it encrypted, and then it's going to pull it out unencrypted um, whenever you need to be able to use that information. Definitely on the uh, device side, you know, one of the things that, that I was working on in the Xamarin Essentials library was the encryption stuff. And um, I think when you start pairing that with, uh, you know, generating a key from like the hardware uh, key stores on the devices, that makes for a pretty good story. So that's that's cool <laughs> to see. Right. Um, I, the other thing you mentioned uh, about, you know, particularly good use cases, one of the things you said is like these scouting uh, apps with maybe images and stuff. Does Coachbase support any sort of like binary data synchronization? Yeah, so it's gonna it's gonna allow you to store that as blob storage, right? So um, you can, so so I guess architecturally taking a little bit of a step back, 
Couchbase Lite is actually built on top of SQLite, um, and that's mm-hmm. something that I think you guys covered in the first episode, so episode 10, uh, way back when, and that's largely the same. And the idea behind that is that you know if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Um, you know, you still get a lot of that same performance and reliability that you'd expect from from SQLite. Um, and but now, you know, you get to add on top of that um, essentially no SQL aspects of, you know, kind of the schema flexibility, the scalability. Um, and so with that, um, you're able to to store, you know, the, the binary information. Now, granted, that's going to be stored, you know, on disk. And so a lot of that information is going to be held, you know, outside of the database itself. But then you're going to have. Um, you know, you're going to have metadata and stuff like that inside of the, you know, your your Couchbase Lite database, which is, of course, sitting on top of SQLite. Okay. Yeah, I think um, doesn't everybody use SQLite still for everything? <laughs> yeah, if it's if it's an if it's not an ORM, you know, it should be Couchbase. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but that brings up an interesting point too. I mean, SQLite's available pretty much anywhere. So, like, where where's Couchbase available? Are there any platforms that you don't support? Maybe that's the better question. No, um, you know that, and that's the great thing about it. And I think even something that might have changed is that from a Xamarin perspective or cross-platform, you know, I mean, all of the major you know platforms, whether you're you know iOS, Android, you know UWP, all of that is really you know, all, I mean, all of that is supported still. Um, what's great about it now, and what's changed since the One X, is that rather than being a binding, which is what I think was mentioned before in episode ten, um, it's actually there's a you know there's a completely ported solution now. So uh, there's cool. a shared there's a shared core library which is written in C um, mm-hmm. which all the platforms you know whether you have your you know your, your Swift component um, your Android component or your .NET you know NuGet package um, there's a shared C component um, th- that's used by all of them but then there's of course you know within the the .NET world, there's a .NET NuGet, um, which is all ported code to be able to uh, to communicate with the Couchbase Lite and database, and then the Sync Gateway, all kind of comprised within that NuGet package. So you mentioned the the NuGet package there. Like, what what does it look like to actually get started and and install Couchbase into an app? You know, say you know, starting with let's say an application that that doesn't have a server component, just wants kind of nice local storage and document storage and that sort of thing. Um, and then what would it look like to, to layer in uh, the server-side component on top of that? Yeah, so starting in the easiest sense, which is just the embedded database, by itself without using, you know, things like sync gateway and, and server, it's pretty easy. Um, so you can think of it as, you know, you've already for the most part probably got a document or a, a model representation of objects that you're messing with inside of your application, you know, that maybe you're using, you know, MVP or maybe you're using MVVM, but you've got these, you know, these, these kind of simple objects that are storing data of some sort. And you can take those um, without having to add any attributes onto them um, and be able to store those um, directly into, you know, your NoSQL database, the Couchbase Lite database, um, pretty easily. Um, So from a getting started perspective, it's pretty seamless because, you know, it's not like, you know, in a relational world where you'd need to think, well, I'm I'm dealing more with records uh, more than I'm dealing with objects. And so in a a NoSQL implementation, you know, specifically a document NoSQL implementation, um, you can deal directly with those objects. And so even if you've got things, you know, like nested objects, you know, within, then, you know, the conversation then starts to shift a little bit more towards uh, data modeling. Um, So rather than, you know, how you'd create a schema or in a relational standard, you could, you know, think about how you want to organize your objects. And from a mobile perspective, it lends itself pretty well, because for the most part, you've probably thought that through, you know, I I want to be able to use, you know, this object maybe has a relationship or it's got, you know, some kind of nested relationship with another object of some sort. Um, And so you can just 
essentially you, you bring down, you know, in this sense, we'll talk, you know, the NuGet package, you can bring in the NuGet package. Um, there's obviously some, some initialization um, types of, you know, kind of bootstrapping code. But then from there, you're really just saying, you know, save, you know, you can do your basic CRUD operations pretty easily to say, I want to, you know, save. And it, what it does is essentially turns it into a document object on that .NET side. Um, so you'll take your, uh, your object, your model object, um, it, you know, save that to the database. And it's going to, to do some things essentially to turn that into JSON, of course, that it can actually put, you know, as a, a JSON uh, object or blob object into, you know, ultimately that SQLite database. So, I, I mean, I know you guys aren't doing this all for free, um, and I fully would expect, you know, the server side of things to cost something. But I'm curious, I, I think last we checked, uh, the Couchbase Lite part was was free. Is that still the case? Yeah, so there, so there's certainly free, there's free versions. So it's primarily on whether it's on the mobile side or whether it's on the server side, it's split into two main categories. Mm -hmm. There's a there's a community edition and there's an enterprise edition. Um, on the community edition, uh, especially on the light side, you get almost, you know, all of the functionality. Um, some of the things that we mentioned before, like encryption, um, you know, those come along with the with the enterprise version of that. And you can still use it. Um, it's one of those things that's almost more of an honest, you know, kind of trust system where, you know, you're not, you know, pulling it down. There's no, there's no license key or anything like that mm -hmm. that you have to use. Um, but essentially, you know, it kind of shifts to that server conversation for the enterprise perspective is that, you know, if you want to use it in production, you know, then it, then it's kind of a, you know, pay to pay to play uh, type, type situation. Um, and it comes with, you know, added support, um, obviously, um, and, and stuff like that, that you would, you would expect from, from an enterprise type of standpoint, but, you know, both on the, on the, the mobile and on the, you know, the, the server side, you can certainly use what's called our community edition. Um, and it's a really good way to be able to jump in and try it out, um, completely for free end to end. And so that allows you to use, you know, obviously Couchbase Lite on that community side, on the mobile side, um, to sync gateway. And then you can use the community edition of Couchbase server as well. And I, th you know, I, I, I'm remiss to, to how much, um, you know, how many nodes you can have within a cluster, but it's limited, you know, to some extent, essentially, yeah. how much data you can store. But it does give you a pretty good taste of the capabilities, um, and it lets you, you know, kind of buy into that, you know, that full stack uh, ecosystem. Yeah, no, I think that sounds great. Um, so let's say we've we've taken our simple app that just did stuff kind of client side, and now we're ready to start adding a, a server and sync gateway into it. What's What's kind of the best way to approach that from a beginner perspective. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, sorry. And just, so you're saying if I added um, on the, the, the couch base light side, so we, you know, we added in the, the embedded database, we've, we've added our objects into there yep. um, from integrating into uh, Couchbase sync gateway. And then ultimately, you know, you have to from sync gateway to go into Couchbase server. Mm -hmm. um, it's pretty easy. So, you know, it kind of goes back to the questions that we had at the beginning. Obviously, you're going to have to stand those up. Um, so you'd want to decide, you know, maybe I want to do that locally. Uh, maybe I want to do that on the cloud. Um, and, th and that process is pretty easy on either end. So, you know, whether you want to deploy it to, let's say, Azure, um, you would stand that up and you would get, you know, there'd be some things that are pretty important, um, you know, whether you're setting up sync gateway or whether you're setting up Couchbase server, you'd want to be able to get those server addresses um, to be able to tie into uh, the Couchbase light side. So, you know, there's APIs that allow you to, for instance, set up a replicator directly within the code on the mobile side. So you would say, you know, I want to I want to point to whatever my sync gateway implementation is. You know, I've stood something up. 
Um, I want to, you know, go ahead and then from there you would essentially just set your configuration. You would say things like I want continuous replication. So I just want it all the time, essentially listening um, or pushing, you know, any information that I want to. I, you know, I want to specify whether I want to pull, whether I want to push, um, whether I want a combination of the two. Um, and that's all built into the API. So, you know, you would just add, obviously there's architectural conversations, you know, from a code perspective um, that you'd want to have, you know, where do I want to do this and, you know, where in the life cycle of the app, do I want to actually start um, replication? Um, but from a development perspective, you know, it's it's fairly easy because you're just, you know, you may be adding, you know, five to 10 lines of code onto your existing Couchbase Lite implementation. Um, and then it's just taking, you know, you've got uh, database names, which will be, you know, the same as, um, you know, largely the same as buckets, which you would call them on the Couchbase server side. Um, and so then it would just start to sync data that way. Now, the good thing about Sync Gateway is that it's completely JavaScript based. So you can actually configure it as much as you want to. So, you know, as the data were to pass through, you could, you know, massage it or, you know, do some authentication and authorization types of steps uh, on the Sync Gateway side. Um, but it's going to actually communicate through Sync Gateway from that Couchbase Lite side uh, after you've set up that configuration. And then Sync Gateway then, of course, will relay that information to Couchbase Server um, where it's, you know, it's, it's, it's pushed into the database at that point. Awesome. Um, well, I, th I think that's a, a pretty good sort of catch up on on Couchbase and, and how it all kind of works. Um, so I think we should we should start digging into to some of the new hotness in, in 2.5. Yeah. Um, I guess to, to kick things off, like what what's your favorite feature out of out of the ones that were, were just released and start there? Yeah, no, that's that's a great question. I mean, it's there's this new feature called predictive querying and it's it essentially the best way to describe it is through a scenario, I guess you'd say, is that maybe you've used the Amazon app. So there's a portion of the Amazon app where you can actually take a picture of something, um, you know, maybe a couple of pictures of something and you send that up and they'll analyze that using machine learning on the server side to essentially say from a product perspective, whatever you took a picture of is closely related um, to this thing and give you, you know, some results back. You can think of that entire end-to-end -end process. So, you know, on the app, you're basically needing the server um, to do that heavy lifting for you, and then it essentially gives you back the results. With predictive querying in 2.5, we're basically pushing that same kind of functionality onto the client side. So you can use something like Core ML um, or TensorFlow or Windows ML um, to basically uh, work with the existing querying uh, APIs that already exist inside of Couchbase Lite. And it basically will allow you to tie in through some interfacing um, in some you know, required methods um, to write predictive queries. So for instance, you can take a picture um, and say you've already got a bunch of pictures stored in your SQLite database or references to those in your SQLite database. Um, you could say, you know, I want you know, something that looks like this picture. And let's say that the machine learning um, you know, model, the, the ML model basically says, that's a car with probability, you know, returns of a probability of some sort of 96%. And you can say, okay, I'm relatively, you know, relatively sure that's a car. And so then you can use predictive querying to say, okay, you know, get me all of the, every car essentially. And so if you took a picture of a car, you know, being able to use the ML to say, oh, that's a car, the probability is 96% in combination with the query API could say, okay, well, go find me, 
you know, all of the stored, you know, you've got stored images of some sort, it's going to run those back through the ML to give you then a, a result set of, of all the cars. And th the most practical situation I would say would be, you know, maybe think of a hardware store. Um, you know, you go in with an obscure piece of your toilet, you know, you're like, oh, I need to replace, you know, this thing. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what this thing is, um, you know, but I need to replace it. And you can go up to maybe an employee there at the hardware store and whether they have a network connection or not, maybe they've synced down, uh, you know, the inventory within the store. And with it, that inventory, you know, th they could basically, you know, take a picture or maybe even a video of that weird toilet contraption that you brought in. Um, and have with relative confidence then be pointed, not only do we have something similar or a couple of things that are similar, uh, but then be able to provide, you know, directions, you know, aisles, stuff like that. Um, and so predictive querying is one of those things that I think is in a relatively untapped um, potential, you know, on the mobile side. And I think we're going to start to see that is, you know, obviously mobile devices become larger and larger over time um, and are able to do a lot more from a processing perspective, from a storage perspective. We're going to see the, you know, the, the potential for these types of, you know, not only ML obviously has been a huge, you know, huge, any kind of AI ML keyword that you can throw out there seems to, you know, perk <laughs> the ears up of any developer. Uh, but, you know, that's largely been missing from, yeah, I mean, we get some cases, some pretty good cases on a, on a mobile side, but I think it's really going to open it up because obviously, you know, ML and AI are largely dependent on large data sets. Mm -hmm. uh, and traditionally, we would store those on the server. But as time moves on, we're going to start to see, um, you know, these larger and larger data sets being capable of being held uh, on the mobile side. And so I, that's why I'm so excited about predictive querying. Cool. No, that sounds great. Uh, I'm curious, like, what other new stuff uh, has come out in 2.5? Yeah, so you know another thing like 2.5 that's pretty exciting is Delta Sync. So you know we talked a lot about synchronization services beforehand, and the way that they used to work was that, by and large, you know if you have a document that's changed, it's going to sync that entire document up. Um, what Delta Sync allows you to do is, you know, I mean obviously Delta is the difference, and so it allows you to to take just what's changed within the document. Um, and the reason why that can be pretty important is for things like latency and performance. Mm -hmm. um, it's obviously a lot less stressful um, on the device and on the network load in order to be able to push and receive information um, whenever you're not, you know, maybe you have a monolith, you know, a giant monolith of a document um, and you want to avoid, you know, having to send that entire thing up when maybe you just changed one property. Uh, mm -hmm. Delta Sync now in 2.5 allows you to do that. And we're seeing that that's pretty popular in a lot of these larger enterprise where, you know, maybe there's a theme park of some sort um, and they've got, you know, thousands of guests that are there making thousands or millions of changes daily um, with, you know, network connections that are suspect at best. Um, we're seeing that be a, a pretty big, a pretty big ask. Um, does turning on Delta Sync incur any sort of performance hit on the device then? Does it have to work a whole lot harder to figure out what that Delta is or is that, um, you know, pretty negligible? It's pretty negligible, yeah. So it's, you know, we, from what we've tested so far, now obviously it's relatively new, um, but from what we've tested so far, it's pretty negligible. And and I think over time we'll start to, you know, observe a little bit more in, in varying types of situations with, you know, with companies using it or people using it um, and be able to see that a little bit more. But what we've seen so far, it's pretty negligible. Cool. And the other thing, you know, speaking, you know, digging into the the synchronization stuff in particular, I, I also like I think I saw mention of some new peer to peer sync options as well. 
Yeah. So in in 2.1, which was back uh, kind of later last year, 2018, um, peer to peer uh, came out. And and what you can think of for that is basically being able to sync up information from from, sorry, Couchbase Lite to Couchbase Lite. So maybe you have two mobile devices, you know, two mobile apps. Uh, sorry, the same mobile app, two different devices, um, being able to communicate directly with each other um, using some kind of you know transport or you know transport mechanism of some sort. Maybe you want to use Bluetooth, for instance. Um, now, the caveat that of that is that you know that has to be set up from the application developer's perspective. So you would have to you know everything from the you know handshaking to the actual communication of the information you know over the over the Bluetooth wire, we'll say, over the air, um, mm-hmm. would have to be done. Uh, but Couchbase does allow seamlessly to be able to integrate with that so that you can keep those things in sync. And and where that would be pretty useful in that we're seeing, you know, a lot of asks is you can think maybe a cruise line, um, you know, where you've got, you know, workers or employees that are out there um, and they're having to do everything from point of sale to, you know, inventory management, any of those types of things, um, you know, customer management, um, but they may not necessarily have and, and most likely won't have a great connection, um, but they'll be able to transmit information to and from the devices directly without having to go to a server piece of any kind. Yeah, and that, that's pretty similar to, to where my head goes. I mean, I'm in the, you know, the, the restaurant space, you know, day to day with, you know, what, what the work we're doing at Olo. And, you know, instantly my head goes to while well, you have, you know, things in the store like your back of house machine, your point of sale machines. Um, you know, you might have a kiosk or some sort of, you know, pickup kind of kiosk up front, um, being able to create any sort of like kind of local network of devices that can all talk to each other and, and synchronize is pretty powerful. Yeah, no, I think there, you know, there's, like you said, I mean, you can, your wheels start to turn and you think of a lot of these applications where if you could avoid going up to the server, uh, there, there's probably now granted at some point for almost every application, you need to store something in a server, at least at this you know, time in our lives, we need to go store something up there in the server. But there's probably even microtransactions that you can think of that if there is somebody within my proximity or I could set up some kind of, you know, almost mesh network, you know, where I could start to relay this types of information, I don't necessarily need the server. And I think that's the door that it really opens with with peer-to-peer syncing. Yeah, I always think of, uh, when, as soon as you said that, I started thinking of like Dropbox and how I know like when you set a new machine up, if you're on the same network, all your stuff just kind of syncs locally and you don't have to go out to the internet and saves time and all that. Exactly. So that's, that's that's cool. Um, what what improvements have we seen, you know, at, at least, you know, maybe recently or at least since the last time we, we had Couchbase uh, on the show, just around like querying and, and searching uh, of data in the database? No, that's uh, that's great. I'm I'm glad you asked that question because I was I was trying to think of a way. I was like, how can I interject this? You know this <laughs> this uh, you know this talk about the new querying API uh, and and specifically around search. Um, so from a querying perspective in 2.0 when it came out, um, obviously 2.0 is kind of a, a not necessarily a rewrite, but you know a large effort to you know port some certain things over to different platforms and take you know it allowed us to take a look at certain aspects like you know rather than using i think the last time we were on the show we were using MapReduce in order to be able you know MapReduce views in order to be able to grab the data save the data um what's nice and what's changed about it 
um, is that now we have a brand new query building API, which allows you to take advantage of nickel. So uh, it's in one QL for first normal form query language. And so what nickel is, is a little bit of context, is that it is an ANSI SQL, so ANSI SQL standard query language. Mm -hmm. uh, it's actually a superset, right? So it allows you to do all the select and from and, and where that you would normally do on you know relational data, um, but allows us at Couchbase to be able to do that on you know NoSQL document-based data. Um, and so it's all SQL, ANSI, you know, the ANSI SQL standard. Um, but then we add some things as far as like being able to unnest or, you know, you think about documents that are, you know, nested within certain documents. You can write query language stuff or query language code in order to be able to, to get into that type of information. Um, now that's all available in mobile. And so it's largely the same experiences that you would have. So using our Query Builder API that we have in 2.0 and you know 2x going forward. Um, you can think of it as like anytime you would use lambdas um, to be able to get out information inside of say SQLite um, or just object models in general uh, collections. Um, you can do that as well, and so it's all completely you know you've got expressions and predicates and essentially that you'd be able to build um, to be able to get that information, uh, but you build it in a very familiar way. So you know most of us are pretty familiar especially on mobile now because SQLite is so prevalent, um, mm. being able to, you know, being able to use that query language in order to be able to access data. Um, th that's the biggest thing um, from a querying perspective that came out with 2.0 was, you know, rather than having to get in and, you know, mess with, you know, map, you know, map view types of requests in order to be able to get information, which may or may not be intuitive for you. Um, most mm -hmm. cases we found that they haven't been. Uh, but one thing that is, is being able to use some kind of SQL based language. And so that's the biggest thing. Um, beyond that, you know, then that really allowed us to tie in things like full text search. You'll see a lot of, um, you know, a lot of these you know, there's other ones like Realm and, you know, even SQLite now has the ability to add in full text search and, and you know, Couchbase Lite um, from an embedded solution on that client side has that as well. And so it allows you to do things like stimming. Um, so, you know, if you put in, you know, maybe the word cats or cat-like, um, the root word of that or the stem word is going to be cat. Um, and so we've got this ability then to, you know, through natural language querying, um, to be able to do uh, full text search within the the query builder API uh, in Couchbase Lite, which is nice. And what's really cool about that too is that it's not just English based. So there's, you know, 14, 15 different languages, you know, French, Spanish, Russian, German. Um, you can also query, uh, you know, those words as well. Yeah, and and. That's that's actually an area that, that I was pretty curious about looking reading through the the notes of um you know what was in in two point five and the the full text search stuff um you know I'm I'm not sure if you're able to to speak to the the sort of under the hood technical side of of that feature in particular but I was kind of curious how how that was implemented within Couchbase I mean you know any SQL database whether it's SQLite or even you know beefy SQL you know Microsoft SQL servers like they're not built for full text searches right like doing big like queries and and things like that. Um, so I'm curious how, how you all approached getting that into to Couchbase Mobile to be able to do that on, on device. Yeah, so that's that's probably one where I wouldn't be able to answer as best. I know from the server side they have, and I'm trying to remember because it's based off of, um, like, it's called edit distance and I, like, Lichstein distance or something like that, essentially on the server side, but without a relative you know, I guess being relatively confident. I don't know if that's how they necessarily do it on the mobile side. So unfortunately, that's something that I don't know as much about. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as long as it works, that's all that really matters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Cool. I, and so is there anything else that, you know, I know there's a whole bunch of stuff in, in 2.5. Um, anything else that's worth kind of picking up and, and digging into here? Yeah, I would think, you know, I mean, from, you know, the biggest pieces I think we really hit, which, you know, were the querying, obviously, um, the, the you know, the sync gateway pieces uh, that, that I mentioned a little bit before um, would be, you know, when this happened in 2.0, it was really moving from HTTP um, to using WebSockets on top of, you know, TCP IP. Um, that has increased performance um, by quite a bit. Um, and obviously, it makes a lot more sense from a situation where you're needing to push information um, as well as pull information. Um, HTTP, obviously, in, in a lot of situations like that, doesn't necessarily lend itself well. Um, and so, moving to a more WebSocket-based approach um, has been a pretty has been a pretty good change, I think, on the Sync Gateway front. Um, but I, I don't know if I necessarily uh, if I missed anything. I'm trying to think. I mean, I think we pretty much I think we pretty much nailed it all. So I think, you know, we always have to cover uh, this aspect of it, too. But like, you know, what's what's the cost model behind Coachbase Mobile and like scaling that up from a starting end community and kind of growing into you know needing to actually pay for this thing because you're using it seriously? Man, you're asking me the good the good questions. And, you know, what's funny is that uh, because I'm a developer advocate um, now, we tend to try to shy away from that as much as possible uh, because we're actually under so we're under product but we we try to shield ourselves away from sales as much as we can and so <laughs> yeah, fair we're, enough. we're kind of trained to just when those questions come up we we dish those off to somebody who has the who has the answers so unfortunately I don't without talking to, to a sales guy uh, I, I don't I don't know or a saleswoman I don't know if I'd necessarily know the answer to that fair, fair enough I remember doing that in the Xamarin days too <laughs> <laughs> cool um, so, so we covered a lot. We, I mean, we covered, you know, what Couchbase is, you know, why would you, why and how you would use it, all the, the new stuff that was in 2.5. Um, is there anything that you could speak to of like what, what's coming down the, the pipe for, you know, whatever the next version of, of Couchbase is? Like, what are you all working on next? Yeah. So, you know, one of the things in, you know, without getting too much into the roadmap specific, uh, you know, kinds of, cause we're, I, we, we largely keep that kind of under, under the hood, um, you know, for the most part. Uh, but one of the things that we are concentrating on is faster release cycles. Um, so, you know, obviously I mentioned that, you know, we were, we released 2.0 in early of, you know, early of 2018 and then 2.1, you know, 2.1 came kind of later 2018. And then we didn't see for another six months, 2.5. Um, we're really starting to, to focus on faster release cycles. Um, so one of the big things is, you know, trying to get, you know, three to four of those a year rather than two. Um, and so there are certainly big changes um, coming down the down the road and, and we've even started to think about 3.0 um, so even as we're in the you know 2x and two dots um, we're already starting to think about 3.0 um, and a lot of that is is really focused behind uh, use cases right so we get obviously we get a lot of you know customer feedback on you know our user feedback on you know this is how we would like to be able to use a database and one of those things that we really keyed in on and we heard a lot from customers was this idea of predictive querying. Um, being able to take um, you know, large data sets um, now on mobile devices. And so that's what we're really keyed into now is, is, you know, being able to, you know, what can we do with, you know, we were restricted a little bit before, you know, maybe in the early phases of, of mobile and, and smart you know, smartphones um, to the amount of information that they could hold. Now we're, you know, these things are turning into full-fledged, you know, mobile 
you know, laptops at this sense um, from a hardware perspective. And we're really starting to focus, you know, and, and push the boundaries of, you know, what are things we can do with AI? What are things we can do with, you know, with machine learning um, that can really help us um, on the client side or on the edge? Um, another thing that, that I didn't mention that I want to mention before uh, that actually did just come out um, as more of a kind of a developer preview is that uh, Jens, uh, one of our our big iOS engineers, he's pretty notorious around you know around our parts. Um, he actually just released um, through efforts of obviously a lot of people on the team a new C API. Um, and and why that's important is that obviously if if you know anybody's worked with C um, from an interoperability standpoint, it's pretty easy um, from a standards perspective that every language can communicate with it, um, and that really takes us. You know, we, we've been having a lot of this conversation in mobile and what we haven't hit on as much and even what we're starting to think about more from a couch base side is IOT, the ability to push up tons of information from, you know, you know, maybe you've got a soil sensor, uh, maybe you know, an atmospheric sensor um, to any kind of data essentially that you're gathering, you know, out wherever from an IOT device. Uh, but you know, we've been largely restricted to maybe, you know, there's a particular OS or a platform that, you know, we need to work with, you know, that IoT device in order to do it. And that's where, you know, the C API comes in. It allows us that flexibility. So a foot, it's still in development. So not every feature that you would get with Couchbase Lite or Sync Gateway is integrated directly with the API yet. Uh, but that is one of those things from a community aspect. If there's anybody out there um, that loves them some C and loves them to, to develop in some C code, um, it is out there. Um, and, you know, we're, we're trying to push that pretty hard just because it really does open up um, from an IoT perspective, quite a bit of doors, and, and, and you know, ask quite a few questions as well, um, and, and we're really excited about that. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, that seems to be the the sort of general theme over the the last few years. I mean, it's pushing all the the ML type stuff down to well, what we're calling the edge now, I guess, right? Um, and same with all the IoT devices and everything. So it's um, it seems it's pretty awesome to see uh, Couchbase becoming a, a player in that scene as well. Yeah, we're we're trying, we're trying at this point, and then like you said, the edge. I mean, it's. I mean, it's changing all the time too. So we're, you know, it's one of those things that if anybody out there has any feedback, you know, feel free, good, positive, you know, negative feedback, um, you know, throw it our way because we're certainly taking a large look at that now um, just because, you know, we want to be that, you know, that database solution, especially on the edge of the future. Um, and so we're really trying to challenge a lot of those ideas now. Awesome. Well, I'm, it, it, might have taken five years to to kind of do the the follow up episode here, but but I think we I, hopefully we did it justice. Um, I, I suspect we'll we'll try and not make it another five before uh, before we do one of these again. But uh, it was awesome having you on the show, and and thanks for for running through all this. Yeah, thank you very much. I've I've really appreciated the time you guys have uh, taken to to ask me the questions, and um, I, I look forward to you know obviously listening to you guys, listening to you guys' podcasts. Um, and, you know, anytime you want to have Couchbase back on, uh, feel free to reach out. All right. That sounds good. Uh, and thanks, as always, to everyone for listening. And we'll see you next time on Gone Mobile.